When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Tom Bernard Show with Hackmaster Rafta Vasham, MD. Andy Brown Bernard. Cassie Schrader. We will be right back. Part two coming up next, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Do, 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 do. We are back. We've got another guest coming up in just a few minutes, as a matter of fact. But. 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 But what? You know, you mentioned the idea of hatred and assassinations in the 60s. And and then I was, you know, we talked at the end of the last hour about uh, at the time of the Civil War, hatred. I mean, uh, well, uh, country being divided, you know, in a similar way to political divisions they have now. And, man, yeah. you really fear that there's going to be another rash of assassinations and killings and I stuff know. like that. It makes me really nervous because it feels a lot like when I was, you know, 11 years old, 15 years old, 16, as the as a decade in the 60s went by. I'm honestly surprised some lunatic hasn't tried to kill Trump yet, the way they talk about him on Twitter. Yeah, but, it, but, it, but, the, but the protection of the president is just so much different, so much more that sophisticated. I mean, it is just, it's, it's, it's you know... God forbid, God forbid that that would happen. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think that it, it is so, so different, so different than it has been. Um, you know, I, but the, someone else, you know, someone else who isn't as protected as well. Yeah. It's going to. Senator or something. Or Brett Kavanaugh. Or anybody who's conservative, a conservative thinker, uh, uh, people who are on the TV. You know, personalities mm-hmm. that are, yeah. you know, present themselves as conservative thought. Yeah. I don't know. You. Uh, you 
you know, if I was, uh, if I was, uh, oh, you're guiding light in times of trouble, confusion, and despair. Uh, oh, what's his name? Paul Harvey. Well, no, not <laughs> Paul Harvey. No, 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 no. The other conser- conservative pundit. Oh, forever. Forever? Yeah. Uh, oh, never mind. Are you talking about oh, George? Uh... No, uh, Rush Limbaugh. Oh, Rush Limbaugh. Somebody like that. Yeah. I would be afraid. Oh yeah, because yeah, totally. I really think now he may have he may have security. Oh, I hope he's he does. Making oh, he's worth here, yeah. he's worth a bit of money. He yeah, probably doesn't even covered. like have to. I'm guessing he has a compound that he just broadcasts from now, and you know. Yeah, but still, it's pretty safe. You are exposed at sometimes, and you want. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about that. You are exposed at times, and all it takes is walking into a restaurant. Just ask uh, what was his name, Paul uh, Castellano. What in the, the head hell? of the mafia? Oh, I'm sorry. It took this out of my pocket. <laughs> it was rattled in my pocket, so I took it out, and it rattled even more. Uh, President Trump said Brett Kavanaugh was a victim of a hoax. Conservative commentators said he wasn't the only one using the hashtag him too to paint men as victims of a feminist witch hunt, per Wired. University of Central Florida student Peter Hansen unknowingly became the face of the movement. His mother, whoops, Despite his support for uh, its antithesis, hashtag me too, I don't see that as a, its antithesis. Well, it's been made into it. You either believe all women or you are a rapist and hate women. No, just, Those are the two options. It's so, it's so way out of line. Look, I, yep. I have not been down the road where somebody close to me has been sexually molested. Or, well, look, I, as I said, 11 women came to me and said that they told me they had been raped. But I'm talking about my own family. I hadn't been down that road. And the, and the women that did tell me, I didn't know them back in those days because in most cases a while ago. But why can't you have both empathy and sympathy for women and men? I mean, Everybody's getting preyed upon by somebody. I can promise you that. There is no question. We're about in that. an anti-male time. Well, anti-white male. Well, yes. Yeah, it has to Especially. be a white guy. By the way, you know, I don't know where that came from. This whole oh, the white men in America—it's unbelievable. Yeah, really, I think Cosby's the only uh, non-white male who's been gone after. Mm, yeah, unless they just were, you know, flat-out rapists like that, uh, Kellen Winslow Jr. That guy's a nut job of the Ooh. but he has mental illness. Uh, Kellen Winslow Jr. K E L L E N. Oh, Winslow. he's an NFL guy. Yeah, he was an NFL guy, but didn't he rape like an eighty-three-year-old woman? Oh, he's that guy. Yes. Oh God. Let's see. He, and that's yeah, just he, a, uh... that's a, just setting out to do harm, and has nothing to do with sex. That's just harm, is what that is. That's being a lunatic. Yes. He's what? You were going to say something about him. No, he's that guy. No, he is that guy. Yeah, he's insane. It's too bad his father was a. But I, I don't know how he got that. But you know, look, if he's schizophrenic or or he's, well, he's psychotic, obviously. But his father talked even keel, nicest guy in the world, whatever. But you never know what's going on at the house, do you? Nope. I'm not saying anything was going on at the house, but you never know what the deal is. Uh yeah. Uh, hashtag me too. He supports hashtag me too. This is my son. Hanson's mom tweeted alongside a photo with a 32 year old Navy veteran since deleted. He is a gentleman who respects women. He won't go on solo dates due to the current climate of false sexual allegations by radical feminists with an ax to grind. I vote hashtag him too. Prompting countless spoof tweets using the same format, the message took Hanson by surprise. His mother didn't tell him he was going to do it. That's not good, Mom. Yeah, let's not do that. Uh, His mom's tendency to make what he calls loose cannon statements. It doesn't represent me at all, he tells the Washington Post. We all have crazy parents. (laughs) Yes. Per the BBC, Hanson even joined Twitter to broadcast his denial Tuesday using the handle... That was my at. That was my mom. Sometimes the people we love do things that hurt us without realizing it. Let's turn this around. He wrote, "I respect and believe uh, hashtag and hashtag believe women." Why is everything hashtag now? I what is hashtag believe women? It's, it's trendy. Trend. It's it's Twitter. It's sort of a Twitter. I don't and know, and, I, and is how it, is it wise? People it process information as keywords. They do. They don't, don't process they, the they entire do, sentence. Don't you're right. 
I never have and never will support hashtag him too, per HuffPost. Hanson's brother, hashtag wingman notes, he is single. He does go on solo dates. So I don't know why mom did that, threw, threw him under the bus, but she thought she was helping him. And I don't really see how it, it hurt because his mom talked about hashtag him too, that he all of a sudden hates women. I mean, come on. That's not, it doesn't seem to be true at all in this uh, instance. And I just don't understand what... Uh, okay. Like I said, it reminds me of the 60s, and it's making me really, really right. nervous. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, that hatred is in, at so many levels. It I mean, is. It is and it seem, in, in the social media seem to work it up or uh, froth it up and mix it up so much yeah. that, it's, that it gets to violent, well, violent verbal levels, levels or text levels. And it's, you know, is, is that really how people are thinking? People are really thinking that people should be harmed. Man, that is dangerous stuff. We have James on the phone. Oh, James is ready to go. Look at James right on time, James. The phone system interpreted what he said as, this is Jason calling from Laser View. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what that means, but... James, how are you? I'm uh, good, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I don't know about Jason. Maybe he's trying to get in on another line. Mm. Yes, <laughs> J- was it Jason who, Andy? Jason calling from Laser View. Calling from Laser View. I don't know. Whatever that. Laser View sounds pretty futuristic. <laughs> Jason but... Bourne. That's who it is. <laughs> there you go, Jason Bourne. James Swallow, as a matter of fact, we're talking to Nomad, the Mark Dane series, as a matter of fact. Uh, just been out less than a month uh, since it's released, as a matter of fact. New York Times bestselling author James Swallow begins his espionage thriller series with Nomad, featuring British... Oh, thank God, I thought it said British disc jockey, but it's not. It's desk jockey. <laughs> I, do- I dodged a bullet there, James. I want you to know that. That would be a very different novel, I think. Yeah, it'd be a lot less interesting, I guarantee you that. Uh, desk jockey, intelligence operative... Uh, Turned active agent Mark Dane is a nam. Is it? It's MI6, isn't it? Because I hear people yeah. say M16, but no, it's MI6. It's, it's MI6. I thought so. It's, it's MI6. It's it's like a ministry, ministry of you know. So uh, yeah. MI6. MI6. MI6 is the is the British equivalent of our kind of CIA. So it's our external mm-hmm. secret service. And MI5 is the internal secret service. So MI5 oh. deal with threats inside I the UK. See. MI6 deal with threats internationally. Plus, M16 is a rifle anyway, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Mark Dane is an MI6 field agent at home behind a computer screen, one step away from the action. But when a brutal attack on his team leaves Dane the only survivor, and with the shocking knowledge that there were traitors inside MI6, he's forced into the front line. You know, this is a very uh, timely, James, because... All we talk about in America now is how there are traitors inside every organization in the United States. I mean, there's a, that's a hot topic right now in America, isn't it? Well, I think people find it very hard to trust uh, their elected officials and the organizations which are out there to protect us. I'm sure, you know, obviously there are good people out there. There are patriots and people who are working towards the, the right causes. But it's difficult to, to trust people when, you know, you hear a lot of the stuff that comes down the pipe. Is it like that around the world? I think it's certainly true here in the UK. Um, and uh, I've seen sort of similar commentary in Europe as well. So where are you right now? Uh, I'm just outside of London. That's where I live. Why do you get to be lucky and live outside of London? <laughs> well, I, I worked hard for it, so I guess I <laughs> Well, there you go. Good. I, uh, I tell people that London is one of my, well, probably if we're talking internationally, it's my favorite city in the world. I, I love London. The people of England. Well, I'm, I'm uh, British and and German and a couple other Western European, but mostly British, I guess. But um, well, that's that's really nice to hear. I mean, uh, I'm I'm a London boy, born and bred, and I have to say, I treat the city like it's my own personal property. So, you know, I feel I feel very close to the city, and I absolutely love it. You know, and. Um, um, I'm always, you know, anybody badmouths London, you know, they're, they're not going to be a friend of mine. But if you, if you love my city, then, you know, you're welcome to come visit. Why on earth would anybody not like London? What, what is wrong with you to not like London? 
Well, I guess you know we we sort of, you, you go you go further out into the provinces, you get the city does have a bit of a bad rap, and some of it you know is, is fairly deserved. Let's be honest. Well, you know, but um, being an being an urbanite. Um, to me, the, the city is the place to be. I mean, I feel, I feel the same way when I travel around the world. You know, I, I enjoy visiting cities. I feel like a kind of kinship with, with citizens of, of other sort of major metropolises. You know, so it, to me, that's, that's where the pulse of life exists. No question. I will, I will get off the London uh, topic and get on to the book again. But I, I just have to make the comment. Dana Carvey, in character, is one of Wayne's World's hippie buddies gets in a taxi into London and says, take me to Piccadilly Circus. He takes him to Piccadilly Circus. He gets out of the cab, and Dana Carvey says, this circus sucks. <laughs> I love well, that. Well, you know, there's no elephants there, but there are plenty of clowns. <laughs> there are plenty of Very good, James. I like That's a very, very good comment. Um, so your interest in, uh, you know, espionage and, and MI6, all the rest of it, since you were a kid, have you been fascinated by this since since you were a little boy? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, I mean, I yeah. I mean, I grew up, you know, watching James Bond movies and and right. reading James Bond novels. Those are the kind of the first books I think that my father introduced me to. Uh, at the time, as a kid, you know, it was a little bit racy. It was kind of a little bit special for me to kind of you know read what at that time was adult fiction. Uh, and so Ian Fleming, you know, as a writer, is very much somebody who, you know, has had a, a strong influence on me. And then as I grew up, I read the books of, you know, Robert Ludlum, you know, the sure. career of the, of, of the Jason Bourne character, uh, and Tom Clancy stuff as well, you know, after Hunt for Red October and those books. All of those very, very strong influenced me as, as a young man. And that's kind of come out in my writing as, as time has passed. Yeah, I, I, to tell you the truth, I, I grew up... Uh... With uh, with James Bond from a very very young age, I, I do find it fascinating. But but then I don't I don't think it's because you know I'm mostly you know a British derivation. But I just I found that whole life. Well, first of all, he he hung out with some semi attractive women, so that probably helped me as a as a young boy. You know what I mean? It's like wait a minute. Uh, it, life kind of seemed to have worked out for James Bond, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, apart from all the kind of the murder and the, the death sure. and destruction, maybe, but you know, but if you put that to one side, you know, the the <laughs> thrilling locations, the international daring do, you know, the the cool stuff he gets to do, the 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 cool things he gets to wear, the food he eats, the places he visits, you know, it's this. For for me, as a kid growing up in North London, and you know, in a in a in, a, in what what would be the equivalent of like a housing projects for you guys. That was something. That was a world, a window into a world that I had never seen. You know, and right. and it grew. When as I grew up, it was something that made me interested in national travel. You know, to kind of go and see these locations, and it's uh, it's something that's always stuck with me. It's interesting. You uh, did you choose the uh, the title Nomad? I did. Yeah, um, I wanted to come up with something that has a sort of you know a kind of mysterious quality to it, but I think also sort of suggests the idea of like a lone hero. Mm-hmm. You know, out on his own, who has to kind of, you know, solve problems by himself. Yeah, it's a fascinating title. I, I do have to take just a very, like, t- a, two, a couple of couple of minute break. Can we return with you in just two minutes? Sure thing. You're a good man. Thank you. James Swallow, ladies and gentlemen, Nomad. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes, Tom, but aren't you? It's Tom here to tell you how easy it was for me to hit my goal of a 92.5-pound weight loss at Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth. With their weight loss plan, I started in March, and in just over five months, I learned about clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods, very important. I'm now in the reset phase and then on to the Nutrimost Forever Maintenance Program, which I'll be talking about more in the weeks to come. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did. Attend the Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner on Monday, October 15th, 6.30 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those extra pounds melt away really fast with this easy program. Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutrimost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Register for the Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on October 15th. Just call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. 
A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. Oh, really? You want a little Beatles because James is British? Is that mm-hmm. the plan? You have to go with the Beatles. Ah, uh, you know what happened? What today is, James? Are you a Beatles fan? Uh, not that big a Beatles fan. I mean, I guess, you know, because I'm British, so there's a, there's a degree of love there for that band, no matter where I am, you know? Yeah, I understand that. It is James, uh, James, it is John Lennon's 78th birthday today. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bad luck. Bad, huge loss at, the, you know, at such a young age. There's no question about that. He, uh, yeah, John Lennon would be 78 years old today. Unfortunately, he's he's been dead for 38 years already. Can you believe that? It's amazing. Uh, just a quick observation, James. The reason I asked you about where you came up with the name Nomad, and it makes total sense where you did, but because of Lawrence Arabia, uh, England's kind of tied to nomads and Bedouins for the rest of time. So it's a great title, I think. A wonderful title. There's, yeah, there's certainly something to that, I think, you know. Oh, yeah, there's no question. The, the, the concept of, of, of the, the nomadic hero, I think, is a, it has, a, has a romantic kind of feel to it. I think, you know, if all of the books I'm, I'm doing in the Mark Payne series, I've kind of fallen into this pattern of, of these tiles. So, so book two is called Exile, mm-hmm. uh, and book three is called Ghost. And I'm working on book four right now, and we, we haven't settled on a tile for that. But each one is, is kind of like it's a state of being. You know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it has that, that sort of mysterious quality to it, but it also kind of I'm, I'm trying to give a sense of what the book is about without really kind of nailing myself down too much to it. I understand that. No, I think it's a great title, actually. It makes complete sense to me. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, when a brutal attack on his team leaves Dane the only survivor, and with the uh, shocking knowledge that there are traitors inside MI6, he's forced into the front line. Matters spiral out of control when the evidence points toward Dane as the perpetrator of the attack. I will stop uh, talking. And, uh, and James, tell me about the book from that point, if you would. Well, essentially what I wanted to do was I wanted to write a novel that, that reminded me of the books I read in the 80s and the 90s, you know, these airport thrillers, these kind of beach read thrillers, something that's high speed, low drag, with a with a, a protagonist who, you know, has a kind of human connection. And all of these things are kind of orbiting around in my head, and I wanted to come together and connect something that, that I, I felt would be a story that readers would really enjoy. So Mark Dane is very much a kind of reaction to those sort of things, because I would read a lot of books in this kind of genre, I would see movies and I would come across action heroes who are these flawless, bulletproof guys who would get into a situation and always get out of it. You know, you look at James Bond or you look at Jason Bourne and those guys and you think, well, there's never going to be a situation that he can't get out of. He might get a bloody nose maybe, you right. know, but he's always going to get through things. And as much fun as it is to see those guys doing that stuff, I wanted to write about a guy who kind of has to run to keep up a little bit more. You know, someone who you could look at in a situation and go, well, he may not make it through. You know, he may fail. He may get terribly injured. You know, how does he get through this situation? And I think a guy like that, you can connect a little bit more to them because this is an ordinary guy with a little bit of training. He's pushed out of his comfort zone. He's, a, he's in over his head, and, but he still has to kind of find his way and fight to the finish because that's what a hero does. You know, James, is, this is kind of a, a book. It's a format. It's a character that's never going to go away because some you know, characters do come and go and say, okay, we went down that road. But I think because these characters are based on the dreams of just about every boy in the world, doesn't matter where they're from, uh, if you've ever felt 
powerless in your life, you're going to love this kind of character because, uh, you know, Dane's just, he's never going to be powerless. And I think we'd all like to be in that position. Is that part of what drives people toward novels like yours? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. there's the the idea of the, the hero kind of cut loose in the world where yeah. it's, you know, odds are stacked against him. That's very compelling. You know, every one of us has kind of had that fantasy maybe where you think about what would life be like if, you know, if you had the freedom to act. And that's what happens with these kind of heroes is they are placed in a situation where the odds are stacked against them, where everything's on the line. And so those high stakes mean that the, the, the tension of the story is immediately ratcheted up. And that's where the excitement and the thrills come from. Is part of Dane James Swallow as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah. the, the truth is, I think every writer has right. to say that about every character they create, you know, because you draw from yourself when you're writing good guys, bad guys, and, and everybody in between. Obviously, you know, I, I go out into the world and I listen to people and I talk to people and I draw my characterizations from, from everything I see around me. But I try to put a little bit of myself into it. And certainly, you know, Mark Dane, he's from a similar part of London to me. He, uh, you know, I would say, that, although he's younger than I am, I would say he had a similar sort of upbringing. Um, so there is definitely a little bit of myself in there. But I think he's, uh, I think he's much more lucky, he's much, and he's much smarter than I am. I will tell you this, James, I, I have a tie-in as well, because my middle name is Mark, and my mother's last name was Dane. So, oh, cool. So it worked out pretty well, you know. And, uh, no, I, I, I do, yeah, watching people do things uh, and characters. And, again, I'm, I'm not uh, talking about James's book here because he is the one uh, to talk about that. But I, sitting back when I was a little boy, you know, going back to being a young boy watching James Bond jump out of airplanes and drive the coolest car I've ever seen and dress in these great suits and, uh, shaken, not stirred, and the whole thing. I just loved the life that he led, and I wanted to be that. I, I, you know, I was never going to be that, but I think we all want. Well, maybe do all young boys want to be that, James? I think. Well, certainly this young boy did. I mean, yeah, me I, I've got to be honest with you. I, I cannot put on a black suit and tie without looking at myself in the mirror and saying, <laughs> "Bond, James Bond." <laughs> You know, that's exactly it's right. Just, and I, 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 I defy any red-blooded Englishman to say that they haven't had a moment where they've done that. You know, or American and, for that matter, or, or indeed, or American for that matter. You know, yeah. and, and it's, I think it's, um, he's such an aspirational character. I mean, you know, he can be a bit of a scumbag at all afterwards. You know, sure. I mean, if you look at the kind of man that he is, I mean, this guy's an assassin, right? He's a cold-hearted killer. And is that a guy that you want to emulate? Maybe not. But then you look at the lifestyle that he has, you know, the fast cars, the amazing sort of women that he gets to hang out with and the incredible places he gets to, gets to go to. That certainly is a lifestyle that I think a lot of people would love to kind of dip their toe in. Yeah, I think it's true. I, now, I do see uh, the name Lucy Keys. Do you, are there some interesting uh, named females in your in your book as well? Because, uh, you know, Ian Fleming came, came up with some pretty interesting uh, Interesting names for people. Um, yeah, that's true. I think he had a he had a, a kind of um, a unique take on it. I mean, Lucy is uh, Lucy's an interesting character for me to write. So she's American. She's a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. I wanted to create a character who was a foil for Mark. So whereas Mark Dane is the guy who was you know field technician who is thrust into the role of being uh, you know a spy, Lucy is your black ops tier one special forces operative. She is somebody who has, you know, she's a, a sniper, she is, you know, a soldier. So she is first and foremost uh, a trigger puller and a door kicker. And a very different kind of character from Mark. But together they balance each other out in, in a very interesting way. And I've really enjoyed writing the two of them. They're kind of, as the books have gone on, there's, there's a great chemistry building between the two of them. Uh, and I really like that relationship. Yeah, I think it's a great take on, on the you know, 2000s, 2018 uh, right now, I don't, I'm pretty sure, James, that, that, that Mark could not have a female friend named Octopussy. It just wasn't good. It's not going to fly 50 years later. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's like, that, that's a, that's a little bit too on the nose. You know, a little yeah. bit near the knuckle, I think. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But I think it's, it's a pretty smart move to make the woman as valuable as the man. I know that, that Mark's the lead character, but the woman is every bit, it seems to me from, from what I've read, uh, that she's very strong. She, she's her own person. And, and I think it complements Mark's character very well. 
that's my whole idea right there. You know, Lucy's yeah, character yeah. comes from uh, an urban legend that I've heard. Uh, you know, anybody in the military can, uh, if there's anybody out there, can tell me whether this story is true or not. But, uh, but there is this urban legend that, that Delta Force, the uh, you know the U.S. Army Special Forces yep, Division, yep. has an all-female unit, oh. which which um, is is there so that you know when when a when a big burly guy can't go into a situation when Uncle Sam needs to send in a female operative, you know, to to deal with something, these are the people they send. Now, whether that is true or not, I don't know. But from a fiction writer's point of view, it's a very cool idea. So once I heard that, I thought I, I love the idea of this 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 female Delta Force character. So that's kind of what Lucy evolved from. I will tell you that for me, uh, it's a perfect character because I, I was raised by my mother. I have two sisters. I, I adore my wife. My wife's a very strong person. We have a daughter who's also very strong. And as a matter of fact, I always tell people, uh, now she's not, you know, Lucy Key. She doesn't have the special abilities that Lucy has. But I tell people that I have absolute proof that I've never cheated on my wife. You know what that is? You're still alive? You got it, pal. I knew you'd understand that completely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm still alive. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I was doing an interview earlier on, and, and another chap said to me, is, is there much of, much of your wife in Lucy Keys? And I said, you know, in the fact that she's sharp as a tack uh, and, you know, uh, will take no guff from me, absolutely, 100%. There is definitely... I love my missus in Lucy Keys. But I think it's a, a great time for the... the those relationships, time, times have never been better for men and women to be shoulder to shoulder, whether it's, it's in fiction, it's in reality, it's in marriages, whatever. Time, times have never been better uh, for men and women to work together and admire one another. I, as I said, I adore my wife. I really admire my wife. That's a good thing. It's fantastic. Yeah, I feel the same way about that. I'm, I'm lucky that I have a lot of positive uh, female role models in my life. You know, I was brought up... Uh, by a, you know a, a dedicated strong mother, I have you know I have a great wife. I have I have a lot of female friends. I think I'm very lucky to to have that in my life. You know, and, and being able to write a character that reflects that uh, is interesting for me. You know, I've had people say to me, well, because you have a male character and a female character, obviously these two are going to end up in bed together Aww. by the end of the first book. This is not the kind of relationship that they have. You know. This is a relationship of peers. You know, you can have a platonic relationship with somebody opposite sex. It doesn't necessarily have to end in sex. You know, and I think it's this is this is something that I'm I'm, I'm pleased I can write this out. Two characters who are friends, who are colleagues, put their lives on the line for each other. Don't necessarily have to have a romantic relationship in there as well. But I love the way you say not necessarily because we don't know where it's all going to end up. I'm not anticipating anything, but if it does, it does, which I think is another great story. Uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say there wasn't a little unresolved sexual tension between the two of them. <laughs> there you go. There you go, James. Ralph, but, you, um, but you know how these things go. It's, it's, in all great pairings, once uh, you know you have the characters kiss, then it's like, well, where do you go from there? And yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm not ready to these characters. Maybe maybe in ten books' time, they might settle down. You know, white picket fences, chickens in the garden. Who knows? But we're, we're not there yet. It, it, it's, uh, it's interesting that, you know, you... Uh, speak of speak that uh, a male and female character together. You know, it's expected that they will end up uh, in a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. Yet, if you were to write the same book with two men that would end up with in a romantic situation, that people would be very uncomfortable with that and maybe not accepting of it. But it could happen. But that no, could happen as well. Absolutely. Why should we have these expectations that heterosexual couples should always end up having a relationship? Well, why shouldn't we have that same expectation for yeah. uh, non-heterosexual? So, the two guys or two women, you know, you know, that is a whole different realm, and people just don't expect that and might not accept it in a novel. I would. I like it. I, I like think it's it. because. People who are really into James Bond often want to imagine themselves as, as James, James Bond, Bond yeah, for example. True. So, you know, James Bond starts having sex with guys. They're like, well, wait a minute. No, no but James, James Bond's heterosexual. We all know that. That's con that we know that. Well, but yeah, but you know what I mean. A new character enter enters yeah, you know, as a novel. If that happens, I, you know, I'm, I wonder, first off, it would be incredibly challenging yeah. for the reader. And I think it could be a wonderful uh, – you know, exception to the rule. I think it'll happen. James, I will tell you this. Well, you know, you, oh, go ahead, sir. I mean, there is, there is a, um, if, you, if you read The Man with the Golden Gun, mm -hmm. there is a little subtext going in there that yep. Scaramanga, the bad guy, is attracted to Bond. 
and that's one of the reasons why you know yep. the, he brings him onto his private island to speak to him. You know, so even back then, I think Fleming was kind of toying around with those ideas that you know maybe as a secret agent you might find yourself in that circumstance. And what would you do for Queen and Country? One will never know. Nomad, the Mark Dane series. James Swallow, you do a great interview, sir. It's great. To, you're just very. It's a very comfortable interview. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for having me on the show. It's our great pleasure. Please come back. James, thank you. Will do. Thank you, guys. James Swallow, S-W-A-L-L-O-W. The book is called Nomad. I do like guys like that. He, he, uh, he's a very easy guy to interview, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And instead of, you know, people go, well, I don't know, I don't know. He knows exactly what he's writing. Mm-hmm. He's no, he knows exactly why he's writing it that way. I, I He's a great interview. Hell of an interview. Well, I think I like the the authors that when they write novels, they, they take bits and pieces of real-life um, situations or stuff that they've experienced incorporate in the story. And I think it plays well. And as you read it, it, it just... It seems so like it like it's actually happening. It doesn't yep. seem fiction, and it's I think true. that's the best type of novels. As you're reading it, you think this is really happening. Yep, I yeah. like it. Yeah, we will be right back. Uh, what have you found in your baby stroller lately? I hope uh, it's not this. Well, a baby. Baby'd be good. <laughs> it's not what they found. Uh oh. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Another one drives the bus. (laughs) I love him. Him and his accordion. (laughs) The great guy. Great. Weird Al Yankovic. Another one rides the bus. I know every time I hear this song, that song pops in my head. I I can just see him on the bus with his accordion. Hey, I'm going to sit by you. (laughs) (laughs) Weird Al. Police in Mexico had been tracking a couple, suspecting them of being tied to the disappearance of three women and a two-month-old baby. So when cops spotted them pushing a baby carriage Thursday in the Mexico City suburb of Acatepec, is that how you say that? E-C-A-T-E-P-E-C? Acatepec. I think so. Acatepec. Yeah, it's Acatepec. It is Acatepec, okay. Mm -hmm. They were hopeful they'd find the infant inside. Instead, they made a grisly find. The baby carriage was filled with human body parts. Mm. Filled. Mm. With body parts, and they're pushing her down the street. Gross. That is gross. Yeah, I would say that's gross. I'd have to agree with you. That's pretty gross. Uh, In any case, instead, they made a grisly find. The baby carriage was filled with body parts, BBC reports. The couple referred to as Juan Carlos N. and Patricia N. have been arrested. They're now suspected of being linked to the murders of at least 10 women, though Juan Carlos told a court over the weekend he'd actually killed 20 women. Hmm. He also says he turned his victim's flesh into pet food and their bones into fertilizer. Uh, okay. Uh, Doc, how do you get there? <laughs> how do you, where do you go from? I'm from, guessing mommy wasn't nice to him. <laughs> to, uh, mommy issues. You think it's mommy issues? Yeah, that, oh, man. 
What, yeah, what a grim uh, kind of. Where were they going? Well, I guess in the question, where were they going with the body parts and the babies? I don't know. They're pushing them down the street. They're going to go make pet food and fertilizer. I guess. I yeah, you're right. He ran out. Uh, <laughs> prosecutors say Juan Carlos also confessed to sexually assaulting some of the victims before they were killed. Uh-huh. Uh, investigators searched two properties, including the couple's apartment, and found even more body parts stored in a refrigerator. Again, to use the line of Kevin Meaney. <laughs> with uh, what was his name again? I uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. All this carpet's gotta go. All oh, this carpet's gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it's all gotta go. Oh. Prosecutors say the couple had been selling bo- selling body parts from their victims, including 28 year old Nancy Holton or Hutton. Hutton. Who's, who's buying them? For yeah, who what buy purpose? body parts? Mm. See, do you oh. have any kneecaps? I'd really. Uh, I've been looking for a pair. My knee's been hurting. I need a new one. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh. But they weren't selling body parts for uh, implantation or anything I don't know. weird like that. I really hope not, because then you're getting some necrotic tissue in you. The pro- prosecutors say the couple had been selling body parts from their victims, including 28-year-old Nancy Hutron, who vanished in early September with her infant daughter Valentina. And neighbors say whenever they saw the pair, they were pushing the baby carriage. Uh, yeah. Investigators say at least three of the victims, including Hutron, apparently knew the couple and that Patricia had lured them onto the property by saying she had food and clothing for sale. In the only bright spot, the couple confessed they'd sold Valentina for about $800, and the cops were able to find the baby and return her to her grandmother. So that's good news. The baby lived. Mm. The BBC notes that Mexico State, where uh, Ecatepec is located, accounts for the highest number of disappeared women in the country. Yeah, let's stop uh, kidnapping and killing women, shall we? What do you say? Whoa, that is, man, that is so bizarre. So were they were they kidnapping the mothers and babies, selling the babies for, as orphans? It kind of sounds like it. Oh, I don't know that's exactly what happened. Oh. You know, they they in Malawi, I, I, if I recall, they uh, have a fascination for albinos. And they will buy... Who has a fascination for In Malawi, Africa. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah. Okay. And they will, uh, you know, they, they use uh, their body parts in certain uh, uh, certain rituals that they have in that country. It's mm-hmm. a very odd, odd belief system. But, Did yeah. they refer to the albinos, you honky mother effer? <laughs> oh, I'm just they, asking. I think they used the word cracker. Oh, cracker. <laughs> cracker ass. Something like that. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's not... Uh, what do you say we don't uh, cut women up into little bits and pieces and then turn them into fertilizer? Let's not do that, shall we? And, and what about the woman that was with him? Her, his, I know. His what is she how doing? Long, how long does she think she's going to be around? I don't know. Yeah, well, it's a very good point. How long are you going to live, lady? I don't know. It's it's unbelievable. Anybody have any problems with the uh, inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this morning? I, I didn't hear the you list. You haven't heard them yet? No. Me either. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is out with 15 new nominees and a potential milestone for Stevie Nicks is within reach. Nicks is nominated as a solo artist, and she's already in the hall as a member of Fleetwood Mac. She would be the first female artist to achieve the double honor. Other big nominees include Janet Jackson, Def Leppard, Devo, John Prine, uh, Kraftwerk. I told that story on the air this morning, Kraftwerk. Uh-huh. I played this. I can't remember what song. The, the, their first song was even called. It was a long, long time ago. It was not a KQRS. It's at a different station. But I played Kraftwerk, and I came back and said, Kraftwerk on blah, blah, blah. And the music director comes in and goes, Ah, Tom, that's uh, it's actually pronounced Kraftwerk. <laughs> Kraftwerk. How about get the hell out of Kraftwerk, okay? Go away. Kraftwerk. Okay. <laughs> LL Cool J is up. Uh, MC5, I asked Michelle at the foyer this morning, I had heard, Michelle, that you loved MC5's uh, Kick the Jams Out, Mother Effer. I- is that your favorite? And she just laughed. Yeah, well, I, n- none, of these, none of these have had any kind of uh, questionable sexual past, have they? Mm. None of these people have they. Let I'm me, uh, sure there'd be protests over any of them that have maybe had any kind of, you know... Oh, can you imagine? They didn't hold the door for a woman or something like that. If you, know? you look <laughs> back at rock and roll stars, how many... Oh, mm-hmm. God. When I was working at Capitol... Oh, dark. man. When I was working at Capitol Records, traveling with bands, it was never my band, thank God. But I would be in Omaha, I'd be in St. Louis, I'd be in Chicago, wherever I was, and I'd get knock on, knocks on the door once in a while, and there'd be some, some guy just distraught, wringing his hands, going... 
do you work for the record label? And I said, well, I work for Capital. Oh, is that, the, 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 is that your group, the blah, blah, blah? I said, no, actually, that mine was the, the uh, either the opener or the closer, you know, whatever it happened to be that day. I said, can I help you with something? And he said, yeah, I, I have a 16-year-old daughter, and I know she's here in this hotel, and I can't find her. I'm like, oh, God. Mm. So we'd call down to the desk and try to figure out, you know, I try to help him out with it. It's just, Jesus. Don't take 16-year-old girls back to your hotel room. What a great idea, don't you think? Let's kind of stick to uh, not doing that. Uh, more people uh, up for induction in the Radio Hall of Fame. Oh, excuse me, Radio Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, Roxy Music, Stevie Nicks, The Cure, Todd Rundgren, Rufus and Shaka Khan, and The Zombies. I, I love the zombies. I love a lot of these groups, as a matter of fact. A lot of people are not happy with the Stevie Nicks situation because there are so many other... You know the Doobie Brothers are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Mm. Why the hell are the Doobie Brothers not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But it, it sounds to me like it's almost a wholesale uh, wholesale sale of this. Uh, what group isn't in the rock, uh, rock Hall of Fame Yeah, besides the of, Doobie Brothers? Yeah, they're just like... Trying to think, hmm, duh, yeah, yeah, they're not in there. Let's get them in there. Yeah, you would be surprised, though, to how many groups are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like mm-hmm. some big-name groups are not in the the Hall of Fame. I'm surprised Def Leppard isn't already in the Hall of Fame. I agree, yeah. I, I, already, I always love Def, Le- Def Leppard. They're fantastic. And I do love the fact that the Def School down in Florida changed their mascot to a leopard. It's the Def Leppard, D-E-A-F. Oh. <laughs> Def Le- it's the Deaf Leopard. How great is that? <laughs> See, kids uh, with a sense of humor. What do you know? Yeah, that aren't victims. They're making the most out of what they can get out of this. And school. that's exactly right. That's exactly the point. They're making the most out of what uh, what they've been given in life. Treat, I think it's a wonderful thing. Treat everybody just like they're regular people. I think you've said that, and I think that yeah. you, regardless whether you're black, straight, gay, matter. lesbian, you're just a regular person. But I'm going to tease you. If you do that, you're going to be a sexist, you're going to be a mm-hmm. racist, you're going to be a homophobe. If you treat everybody the same, you're a bad person. What? what? Isn't that the goal, is to treat everyone the same? Yeah. I just, I don't understand. Oh, God, what is, now here we go, Stormy Daniels. Oh, oh, she, news. She's back. Could Why she just, don't she just shut up? Could she just die of chlamydia already? Ugh. You know, she is a bizarre looking person. She at one time probably was very pretty, but she looks really severe now. She's been oh, she's been hitting the injectables pretty hard. I'm Why sure she she, has. I don't understand. Why does she have two basketballs under her shirt? What's wrong with that? Look <laughs> at this. Oh, it's an aberration. I mean, good God. Yeah, uh, it's why, not natural. And why pe- people seek that out? I, I, I'll never I don't understand. As a plot shirt, I don't understand it. But I, I was I was she's, I was on one. I was looking at uh, geez, some questions at one site, and some woman wanted two thousand cc implants. 2,000 cc's. 2,000, and that's the size of a basketball. Yeah, at least. Oh, yeah, well, these are, these are about that I size. I don't. 2,000 cc's. Oh, and and it, it's a grotesque yeah, she's, appearance. She's just trying to extend her 15 minutes of fame yeah, to maybe 25 is. minutes. I don't, really, I don't really understand. Start a revolution, but the R-E and the L are backwards. Now, it's a possibility that the V and the O are backwards, but you wouldn't know no. it because they look the same backward and forward. The U is, the T is, the I is, the O again. But there's an N at the end of the word that's uh, right side up, I guess is the best way to put it. So the whole word could be backwards except for the N at the end. But the ones you know are backwards are the R, the E, uh, and the L. What a start a revolution. I don't understand what the hell that means. I have no idea. Uh, her book apparently is called Full Disclosure. I would have probably called it, you know, Jugs Galore. <laughs> Wait, probably... James Bo- hey, you're not Ian Fleming. I'm not Ian Fleming. That's it. Oh, that's right. What was her, what was her name again? Pussy Galore. Oh, Pussy Galore. That's right. They I like forgot. That, like that P word. He did. He loved the P word. There's no doubt about that. Stormy Daniels thinks she might have gone a little too far in her new memoir, Full Disclosure, when she included a graphic description of President Trump's penis. The porn actress who likened Trump's genitals to the mushroom character in Mario Kart. Aww. See, but that's been used already against Clinton. Remember the, the, oh, the yeah, one woman, that's... Jennifer Flowers, I think it was, said his, his, his penis was thumb-sized? Yeah, it's interesting that uh, <laughs> body shaming is not a problem when it's used against men. No, it's true. You can't call a woman, you know, fat 
but you can say a man's, you know, you can Trunk make fun sticker. of his Junk. skin color. His you can make junk. fun of his height. You can do any of that. <laughs> no, that's very, that's very fine. Size of and by the way, I think it, maybe it wasn't Jennifer Flowers. It might have been that other woman. There were about 15 of them. Yeah, no kidding. Which one? <laughs> but she held up her thumb, which, of course, would be about half the size of my thumb, and that's not exactly a huge penis right there. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what the hell he had cooking, but not much, apparently. Yeah, polite society would agree that would not be a very large penis. It's not a very large penis. <laughs> polite society. Polite society would say that. During a two-page description of alleged sexual encounter in 2006, uh, told 60 Minutes Australia Sunday that she actually feels pretty terrible now that she took the, now the book is out. USA Today. Oh, is that because all your lawsuits and stuff didn't go anywhere? Is that why you feel terrible? This woman tried to ruin the man. And look, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump's, but I don't know, ruining people, I don't really understand what the great thrill is there. You get that? Nope. I just do not. Why is it so thrilling to destroy someone's family? You want to destroy the guy, I guess you can go ahead and do that. That's your business. But to destroy their entire family, I just don't see the attraction to that. And people turn and a blind, I never will. Turn, people turn a blind eye to, uh, they want the money. They turn a blind eye to the, the consequences of whatever their actions might be. I guess. I guess that's exactly it. They just, they just do not care as long as they get their day in the sun, then everything is just fine because it's more me now, me, me, me. What the hell is that all about? I just don't understand why. Um, ooh, Joe from Louisville wants to know, was Stormy Daniels paid by George Soros too? Why are, is he allowed to do this filthy business in America? He's not even American. Why is he allowed to do these things? Does anybody understand that? Because nope. he has money. And he's a billionaire. Well, yeah, what are, they, what are the uh, higher-ups going to do, vote so they can't take bribes anymore? Well, They're not going to the... be passing that <laughs> law. Andy, who is the character that Anthony Weiner looks just like? He's a cartoon character. You know who Anthony Weiner is? Um, Beavis. Is it Beavis? I think you're right. I think it is. Be- I think you're 100 right. Anthony Weiner looks like Beavis. He looks like Beavis or Butthead, one of the two. Separated at birth? Yeah. yeah. He looks like. Well, look at him. A, there's a picture of them. He, he's an odd looking man. Yeah. I mean, just a, oh, just a yeah. He has the same hairline. He has the same hair, hairline. And nose. Nose. He's got the same everything. Look yeah, at that. So, so, I mean, this, yeah. can you see him? Look at how oh, weird that profile yeah, is. Yeah, he's not, he's not a very good looking man. No, he's is not, this, is there's no Dave. No. No, no, Dave. Tell you that. Certainly. My yeah. husband is so handsome. See, there you go. I think he's a very good looking man. Who, me? Dave. Dave. You got a man no, crush on Dave? Don't Thank you. yourself. Boy, look at the time. <laughs> well, I'd love to stay at Schmooze. He's all mine, Ralph. He's all mine. Oh, you God. stay away. Here we go. Is Ralph going after your guy? No. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'd allow it. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I can't imagine one of those, one of those spy books and the, and the guy uh, hits on the guy. Whoa. What a... Has we'll that think been about done before? That. I don't know. I, I, who would buy it? Speaking of Dave, he's in tomorrow because I have a bunch of doctor's appointments. It's not a life-threatening deal, but it is trying to keep me from hanging someone. So that's good. (laughs) Talk to you later, Tom Bernard Show.